Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Welcome to Spiritual Insights, everyone. This is our virtual class for A Course in Miracles with my special guest co-host, Robert Rosenthal, MD, who joins me on the second Thursday of the month at 1 p.m. Eastern to help break down and interpret the concepts presented in the course. Dr. Bob is the co-president of the Foundation for Inner Peace, publisher of A Course in Miracles, having served on the Foundation's board of directors since 1992. He was a practicing psychiatrist and psychotherapist for 32 years before retiring to take on his new position. He was introduced to the course in 1975 at the age of 20 by Judy Scutch and became a close friend and protege of Bill Sessford. Dr. Bob is the author of From Place to Miracles, The Transformational Journey of Exodus, From the Slavery of Ego to the Promised Land of Spirit, published by Hay House. The book interprets the biblical story of Exodus and demonstrates the ego's perception of life's conditions. It is recommended by Dr. Bob and by me that you read this book prior to a studying that you read this book prior to studying A Course in Miracles or to effort, effortlessly de- or to effortlessly deepen your understanding of the abstract concepts presented. If you would like to connect with us, you can visit from plaguestomiracles.com. Visit the website to read excerpts or purchase this profound addition to your spiritual library. You can also visit acim.org to learn more about and purchase A Course in Miracles and discover other valuable resources. If you're looking for an easier way to tune into the show that is a little more streamlined than you find on Blog Talk Radio, you can review the archives of these segments at spiritualinsightsradio.com. You can also follow the show and keep on top of the schedule on Twitter at Char Spicer and on Facebook at From Plague to Miracles. You can also tune into the show directly from my Facebook page, Spiritual Insights Radio, and feel free to join our closed discussion group, the Spiritual Insights Forum. We look forward to interacting with you. We look forward to interacting with you on any of these social platforms. We do these segments to be of service to the spiritual community and to lend support to students and student teachers of the course. And as we teach, we learn. So let's all learn together. This is the Course in Miracles. Please take notes. What we've been doing lately, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, the focus has been on relationships. Relationships of all kinds has been the focus for many of us in 2017. Acknowledging that many different relationships are either strained or have ended of late, we're making this an ongoing series on relationships with a focus on special relationships as it is explained in the course, what it is and what needs to be done to transform it into one that is holy and wholly loving. These discussions will be beneficial for those 
who desire to attract a relationship that is far elevated beyond what you're used to. No matter your circumstance, in order to achieve this higher vibration, you must remove the blocks to love within. In the first three segments of this series, we've been discussing Chapter 16, Section 4, The Illusion and Reality of Love, where we've been exploring the meaning of special relationships. In Part 1, the idea of a special hate relationship was introduced, with students being encouraged to not be afraid to look at it because it teaches us what love truly is. In Part 2, we learned that our, quote, test is not to seek for love, but merely, but merely to seek and find all of the barriers within us that we have built against it. We ended that discussion by introducing the concept of the bridge that can lead us from fear to love, peace, and our completion with God. Today in part three, we continue to explore the concept of that bridge. To bridge a special love relationship into a state of perceived separation or loneliness is really to invite external acceptance into your seemingly isolated state, simply to veil disguise and distract you from self-rejection and block to love. But I want to say that the bridge is the path that leads to union with yourself and completion with God. The bridge is not long. In one holy instant, you can move from fear to God's true love and your completion or wholeness by simply making a choice to receive it. Choose to deny illusion and embrace only truth, and you have stepped onto the bridge. But what is the bridge? Let's explore this with Dr. Bob. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Bob. How are you? I'm good, Char. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, given that we've talked, I know you're doing okay, too. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh-huh. Every time you read uh, that little bio and I hear, oh, you know, <laughs> introduced to the course in 1975, I think, what a long, strange trip it's been, to quote the uh, line from The Grateful Dead. <laughs> long, long yeah. time. Yeah. But I am glad to be here, and um, and I think, finally, we might finish this section today. Um, if you had told me that we would require three different um, shows to get through it, well, yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised, because this is, this is the beauty of A Course in Miracles. The, the, the prose, the, the writing is so holographic, you, you sort of dive in anywhere, and it opens a doorway onto everything else. So it's, it's, it's both very difficult to talk about and very easy to talk about. Difficult because there is so much and, you know, the focus shifts, but easy because it all really is one anyway. So, yeah, I'm looking sure. forward to uh, finishing this up. Yes, we'll be beginning with paragraph 10 in Section 4 out of Chapter 16, and we'll go through to paragraph 13. That will be the end of that. And then in our next segment, we'll pick up with the next section that we uh, – decide to explore but i i agree it it is it can be difficult to talk about because it's so immense all of the energy that you and i get when we read it but we do like to be thorough so yeah breaking it up into a series for the understanding of the listeners for this one important section or or, you know any section i think that's um a fine format to follow and, and i think the listeners appreciate it i agree yeah yeah Okay, so we'll get started, and we'll see where we, how long it takes us to get through it. And if we get done early, we will end the show early and make this rather successful, okay? Sounds good. Okay. You want to so kick it off, or uh, should I'll I? Kick, I'll kick it off if you like. Sounds good. Go. Please do. Okay. All right, so this is paragraph 10. And 
It says, the bridge that leads to union in yourself must lead to knowledge. Sure, it was built with God beside you and will lead you straight to him where your completion rests, wholly compatible with his. Every illusion you accept into your mind by judging it to be attainable removes your own sense of completion and thus denies the wholeness of your father. Every fantasy, be it of love or hate, deprives you of knowledge, for fantasies are the veil behind which truth is hidden. To lift the veil that seems so dark and heavy, it is only needful to value truth beyond all fantasy and to be entirely unwilling to step for illusion in place of truth. We'll have to dig down into that. <laughs> the, notes, the notes that I made, what, I, what I've been doing is I type up my thoughts that way I have them clear on my mind and it helps me to not stammer. <laughs> Sounds so good. What I, so what I typed out was, my interpretation of this is that the bridge leads to union. Um, let me start over. The bridge that leads to union must lead to knowledge because at soul level you know exactly who you are. Your completion rests in the knowledge that you are God's creation, and your completion and his occur simultaneously as you remember your true identity. Every illusion you deem is having the ability to offer you a sense of wholeness or completion, be it a person, a home, success, a job, or a vehicle, actually blocks the sense of completion that is already there and rebuffs God's wholeness. In no way can happiness be found in this futile exercise of trying to achieve happiness through the external. Fantasy, or daydreams, then, are the conjuring of external remedies to a condition that exists only in the lower mind. Switching your perception to valuing truth over fantasy and accepting nothing less because it is worthless to your completion and the thing, quote-unquote, you desire, only contain the values that you place upon them. That's what I get out of this paragraph. Would you concur with that? Yeah, no, I think that's that's spot on. Um, you know, for listeners who may not have heard our previous um, sections on this, you know, this whole section is, as per the title, talking about the illusion and the reality of love. So, you know, we live in this world where, you know, there's a lot of talk of love. Love makes the world go around. You know, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And I think, you know, on the one hand, um, that is spot on, well-intentioned. Love thy neighbor as thyself uh, is probably the heart of almost every religious tradition. Have compassion. But when most of us, you know, if you hear someone say, oh, you know, he's in love, we don't think he's in love with God or we don't think he's running love and bringing it to the broad world. You know, we, we, we conceptualize love first as an emotion, um, and I would maintain that love is not an emotion. Love is the energy of God. It's God, him, her, itself. And two, we conceptualize love in this really special way. And what this section is saying is that that is an illusion. And in fact, the special love relationship, you know, oh my God, Romeo and Juliet, they love each other so much that nothing else will come between. And where do they wind up? They both wind up dead. <laughs> you know, that that is not a recipe for peace. So um, back on, uh, where is it, you know, um, paragraph five, you know, the illusion of love can triumph over the illusion of hate, but always at the price of making both illusions. Uh, So coming back to paragraph 10, every, excuse me, every illusion you accept into your mind by judging it to be attainable 
removes your own sense of completion and thus denies the wholeness of your father. Okay, you know, that's, I think that's where I'm going to dig in. Every illusion you accept, every fantasy you have, whether of love or hate, because the two are opposite halves of the same coin and they're both illusion, and there's a fantasy of love is not love. You know, real love can't be fantasy. So um, if we accept an illusion into our mind, if we cherish something of this world above the love of God, which shines in each of us and which is our, our, I'll call it our birthright, even though we weren't born from God in that way, um, if we cherish anything else, we we lose truth. You know, it's kind of like... um, you're literally closing the, the closing the window on it. You're holding up um, a picture before the light and going, I'd rather have the picture than the reality. You know, I'm really hungry. I'd rather have a picture of that loaf of bread because I don't believe that the real bread is going to taste very good or more to the point. I believe it's, you know, going to kill me and is mad at me because we think that God is out to get us. So, you know, what this is saying is that if you're going to cross that bridge – we ultimately have to get to a place where every illusion is first recognized as such, second, turned over to Holy Spirit for release, and, um, and third, ultimately, released. Uh, I, I break it up into those steps because I see many, many course students and many people in psychotherapy who take the path of, all right, I can't have any illusions. Um, I'm going to deprive myself of this. I'm going to deprive myself of that. I'm going to hold back. Well, you know, if, if it feels like deprivation, then you are still fighting. That's not the Holy Spirit's path. You know, when we turn our illusions over to him, we basically accept the idea that he knows the best pace for us. He knows the best lessons. He knows the people who can come into our lives to help us. And then we can, as Lesson 155 says, step back and let him lead the way. Um, and, and here's the, key, the kicker. That's the only way it works. We jump in and the ego reads A Course in Miracles and goes, oh, okay, every illusion I accept into my mind you know, removes my own sense of completion. Great, I'm going to get rid of illusion. Well, good luck with that. Um, you know, you can't do it. You have to want it and be willing, and um, as it says in, I think, back toward the end of Chapter 25, um, you know, you can't necessarily give everything, every illusion to Holy Spirit, but you need to want to do that. You have to prefer that you can give the illusion up. And as you do that, you know, I, I have been walking this path for a long time. It's a very interesting process, things that used to feel extremely compelling, addictive behaviors, special love relationships, um, career goals, all of these things that were just burning passions and desires, they they really do start to fall away, not because you're white-knuckling it and trying to give them up, but because you made a decision for God and are willing to turn them over and receive the lessons that you're learning. And, And, you know, this is the path that the Course advocates. We can't do it on our own. Um, I would say one other thing, and that is that this is um, a, um, parallel to in, in the 12 steps, and I don't know them well enough to say them accurately, so my apologies in advance to you know, those who do know, you know the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book or 
uh, other um, similar volumes, that you don't just turn your flaws over to higher power. You first have to be willing to turn them over and then turn them over. And there's the first step is, is one of intention, not, not action, not, um, yeah, not action. And, and, and I think that is, again, where we tend to get stuck, um, and that's what I want to focus on. Um, so, yeah, accept an illusion, and uh, you lose your sense of completion because illusions are false. Accept a fantasy, and, uh, you know, um, you're lost in that fantasy. And that can take years. I mean, how many of us have pursued a relationship that was a bad relationship, but we didn't know it at the time? We just had to go through the whole thing. You know, it can take years and years and years. But remember, the purpose of a miracle is to save time. Miracles are time-saving devices. So when we turn it over and accept the miracle of forgiveness so that we're not using our own judgment but allowing Holy Spirit's judgment to come to us, then, wow, you know, it's sort of like we get to cut a few corners and move way ahead in the line, not at the expense of anyone else, um, because, you know, technically we're really the only person standing in that line over and over, but we accelerate our growth. We accelerate our path. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot came through there. Um, Let me go back to you, Shaw. Yeah. No, that was great. I just want to um, bring a visual to everyone's mind. And as you said that, I saw my own journey, you know, with jobs, so to speak. And there was only one job I could truly say I was happy at. But then I worked so many hours, it took me away from my spiritual studies. This was when I was in my mid-20s. And then only when I got out of it could I get back to the spiritual studies. So every job that I've had has shown me basically I didn't belong there. So for anybody who has to have a job, I'm blessed enough to be able to be self-sustaining and work from home. But for anybody who has to have a job or has a goal or has an idea and wants to get it off the ground, as long as you pursue that with God in mind, it truly makes the path much more peaceful, much more efficient, Things come to you, you know, when you open up to the idea that's been given to you by spirit, and then you pursue it in that light, then it's a joy to work on it. It's not filled with struggle. So when, when you were saying, you know, you're in a relationship and you have to go all the way through it, and at the end you turn around and say, that is not a good relationship. <laughs> you know, a lot of us can be in a job and be like, this job sucks. I hate this job. I don't like the way I feel here. I don't like the way I'm treated. I don't like the way I feel when I get home. I feel like my life is worthless. You know, maybe it's a matter of finding a new job, or maybe it's a matter of changing your perception. The job means to an end. It's not you, and it doesn't reflect on your identity. It's just a thing that you do. For those of us with passionate careers, like you and, and me, Dr. Bob, we have so much, much, much more peace in our lives because we're doing what we're passionate about. So I just wanted to make that distinction uh, because I know jobs are a big, huge topic for a lot yeah. of people. And, and, you know, we didn't get where we are just by jumping into it. I mean, you know, you walk a long path and you start to notice where you're triggered and where you have fears. But, again, I just want to emphasize our ego minds 
think they can solve the problem, and they jump in with plans and um, and ideas, and of course abundant criticisms of who we are and what we're doing. And, and that's not the way. The most useful thing any of us can do for ourselves is to go. I don't know what the F is happening right now. I can't make sense of it. Even if I think I do, I, it's guaranteed I don't know what the deeper structure is or what its purpose in my life is, and therefore I let it go, I release it, I turn it over. Again, like mm-hmm. the 12 steps, you know, the alcoholic or, you know, the narcotic addict does this, you know, with their substance. But I think we need to broaden it far more than that. I mean, not to say that giving up the substance is easy, but it's just one small corner of the ego's world and uh, the ego's box of tricks. Really, what we're trying to do is go sober on the ego itself and go, okay, you know, you've been this seductive, clever, appealing, you know, aspect of our mind that we've bought into as self. Um, and that's promised us the world, quite literally, um, and has delivered very little for it because lasting happiness doesn't come from the ego. You can you can get moments of happiness. You can get triumphs. You know, whenever I watch uh, the Academy Awards and watch those uh, people go up there and grip that Oscar and, you know, yeah, those are great moments. But it's not lasting. It's not abiding. They walk off the stage and they walk into, you know, the next day and their life is going to go on. Um, the glow might last a while, but that, that's about as good as the ego's triumph is going to get. On the other hand, you know, we are looking for a peace that comes from within. That's not ego. We've got to get sober from the ego. And that means recognizing its, 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 its lies, essentially, and turning them over to... Um, the 12-step higher power, but in A Course in Miracles, that's called Holy Spirit. You know, Holy Spirit is the the grand master of the plan of atonement, knows where everybody needs to be, what is going to bring happiness, joy, peace, love, forgiveness to every single being on the planet, but has to wait on your willingness because we are, you know, we're creatures of free will. And if we say, nope, I want an Academy Award, or nope, I want that boy with the blonde hair, or nope, I want to make $10 million, um, and I know that'll make me happy, then Holy Spirit has to stand aside and wait until we follow that path and get to the end of it uh, and go, okay, how'd that work out for me? Eh, not great. All right, let me keep reading, or we uh, <laughs> we won't finish it today. <laughs> Well, well, I just want to add one point yeah, to sure, illustrate sure. Go ahead. How, how clever the ego is. Picture the ego, ladies and gentlemen, as a, car, a duplicate of you. And this entity proclaims to be your best friend. And so you have a problem, whether it's the situation or the people in the situation. And then you go to the ego, your best friend, or who pretends to be your best friend, and you say, but what's the problem? And the ego points over there and says, there, that's the problem. That person did this. That person over there caused this. This is the reason you can't get the job you want. And so it's so clever that it distracts you from itself because the real problem in any situation is going to be the ego. But it points you in all these different directions. And you go chasing after those things as those are the solutions, not going within and relinquishing your best friend over there. That's all I wanted to 
interjecting to that. Yeah, no, that was great. The ego is always going to try to solve the problem out there. Um, it's going to tell you that the solution lies out, you know, outside you to do something in the world. But if the world's an illusion, that means it's just, you know, dancing you around in illusion and keeping you stuck. The solution mm-hmm. has to be internal. Um, this is why the voice of Jesus that dictated the Course in Miracles to uh, Helen Schuckman said the foundation that, that, that publishes it and disseminates it and teaches it should be called the foundation for inner peace. You know, I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure, wonder, well, why isn't, why doesn't it have a Course in Miracles? And indeed, there is the foundation for a Course in Miracles, um, Ken Wapnick's organization that does some wonderful <laughs> teaching. But the voice called it inner peace. <coughs> inner peace is the goal, not outer, inner. <coughs> so, yeah, right. good point. The ego is going to point you outside, which is always the wrong direction. Right. The problem's inside. You have to go inside to fix it. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right, so paragraph paragraph 11. 11. Would you not go through fear to love? For such the journey seems to be. Love calls, but hate would have you stay. Hear not the call of hate, and see no fantasies, for your completion lies in truth and nowhere else. See in the call of hate, and in every fantasy that rises to delay you, but the call for help that rises ceaselessly from you to your creator. Would he not answer you whose completion is his? He loves you wholly without illusion, as you must love. For love is wholly without illusion, and therefore wholly without fear. Whom God remembers must be whole, and God has never forgotten what makes him whole. So first of all, uh, just a little, since you're listening, when it says he loves you wholly without illusion, that is W-H-O-L-L-Y, not H-O-L-Y, although the Course loves puns, um, so the pun is worth noting. You know, he loves you, and you're wholly without illusions, um, but, but the way it's written, he loves you completely without illusion as you must love. No part of illusion can be in love. In, in fact, the beauty of love is that it can't be taken to anything that is not love. You know, bring love into an illusion and the illusion is gone because love is so overpowering, so overwhelming. But most of all, it's so true. Bring in truth, illusion disappears. You know, turn on a light, the darkness goes away. As I think it was the Abraham Channel said, there's no darkness switch. You don't have to turn off the darkness. You just bring the light in. You bring the love in. So um, love calls, but hate would have you stay. And, uh, and, 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 and you know, uh, we're, yes, yeah, see in the call of hate and in every fantasy that rises to delay you, but the call for help that rises ceaselessly from you to your creator. In other words, everything that pulls us towards hate, every fantasy of something that we want, each of these will delay us. But in the Holy Spirit's eyes, and in our eyes as well, if we allow sort of this reinter- the Holy Spirit's reinterpretation, these are just our calls for help. And they do you know, rise ceaselessly from you to your Creator. What does that mean? Well, it means that as long as you're stuck in this, this prison of um, fantasy and illusion, 
the real part of you, the part of you that has never left God, um, is always trying to wake you up. There is a cry going out, and, and that cry, I think, is one of attraction. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I want to come back. And it's also a cry of hurt, fear, desperation. I don't like it here. This isn't good. This isn't fun. Help, help, help. But as I said before, most of us go, help, okay, let me read a good book. Let me um, find someone who's going to give me what I need to get out of this predicament, whether that's you know, love, sex, drugs, job, um, fame, blah, 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 blah. We don't take it to the truth. Um, there's another section, um, and I should know it, but I don't off the top of my head, where the Course makes the case that every communication you receive from anyone is either an expression of love or a call for love. And it then goes on to say, if it's an expression of love, of course you meet it with love. If it's a call for love, of course you meet it with love. Well, if we, you know, if that's what we are asked to do, how much more so then is God and Holy Spirit going to take every call that we have um, to them for love and meet it with love the moment we're open to it? Um, you know, would he not answer you whose completion is his? Of course he would answer, but we have to let the answer in. In the supplement to A Course in Miracles called The Song of Prayer, you know, it, it talks about prayer as the unceasing communication between God and God's creation or God's creations. Um, and it says, you know, God only answers the prayer of the heart. If you're praying for illusions, you don't get, you don't get the illusion. And this is why I think so few people believe in prayer. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're not really they're, – they're using a form of prayer – but not really praying. And Shar and I did a segment on this probably a year or more ago, so check it out in the archives. I believe it was a really good one. Um, oh, yes. But, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, his answer is there. Um, I'm very fond of the Abraham Hicks channel's concept of, they called it vibrational escrow. It's kind of the idea that, yeah, you know, whatever you need is sitting there in an account um, waiting for you to be open to it. But here's the kicker. It's whatever it is that's waiting is not an illusion. It's not something of this world. Um, it's love. It's forgiveness. When it comes through, it will take a particular form, and that form will often surprise you because your ego had a very different idea of what it thought you needed. But the form is just that. You know, it's sort of the shell in which this stuff comes through. The reality is you're letting in love. You're letting in your reality, and that's the only way to have abiding happiness and peace and it's the only way to wake up okay um yeah i think that's pretty much what i needed to say about that okay here's um here are the thoughts oh you know what i didn't even finish the paragraph did i I looked at 12 no i I saw line 12 as the as as paragraph 12 all right so i'm going to read a little more here my apologies everyone Um, I'm going to start at line 10. You know, whom God remembers must be whole, and God has never forgotten what makes him whole. In your completion lie the memory of his wholeness and his gratitude to you for his completion. In his link with you lie both his inability to forget and your ability to remember. In him are joined your willingness to love and all the love of God who forgot you not. So, yeah, this actually kind of, um, you know, follows 
all the love of God is there. God doesn't forget us. The one thing I think I would focus on here is um, in your completion. Uh, you know, th this talks a lot about completion. Previous paragraphs talked about our completion lying in our remembrance of our creations. You know, God is complete, but to the extent that we don't remember that, God is not complete. Um, you know, it's a very tricky little theoretical thing. And I would just say for our purposes, think of it this way. It's like the prodigal son. When we decide to come home, we're going to be met with open arms and and there will just be love and celebration um, for all. Until we do, you know, we're going to be wanderers. We're going to, you know, we're incomplete when we're not home. And, and in that sense, God is incomplete without us. But in the biggest picture, at the end of time where all of this disappeared in, you know, all of this whole world disappeared in an instant, God is perfectly complete. You can't be God and be incomplete. Um, so the Course kind of operates on these two different levels. And given that we're here in the world of separation and bodies and private minds, it's okay to, for us to think about God being incomplete as long as we are incomplete. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I, Your thoughts, I, I, know my a, dear. I know I know it's a little bit of a two-sided coin with that concept, but I believe in both because even though our soul is still above us and still part of heaven and trying to guide us and it knows what it wants us to accomplish in its lifetime, because of our consciousness in this reality, in this illusion, there really is that kind of distance. So it's our job to slowly remember who we are and where we come from. But until such time, that small spark of consciousness is absent from that higher level. Hmm. And I, and I yes. like your explanation. Beautifully but said, yes, yes. Thank you. I have a lot of congestion in my throat today. Thank God for this mute button. Anyway. Yeah, the, we, we've switched places. You've got the congestion today. I've only got a little. <laughs> my goodness. Okay. Well, here are the thoughts that I put down for this. The ego is capable of great flights of hand. To the ego, love beckons as you convince yourself of your own unworthiness of God's love, creating an insatiable longing, but only to keep you captive. And it has you focused on hatred, fear, self-doubt, and other blocks to love's presence. In this way, it keeps you stuck in loneliness and varying patterns of unsuccessful or dissatisfying relationships. Your completion lies in the truth of who you are, a child of God, at one with his complete love. Putting the spotlight of obsessive desire on anything other than the belief that only God can fulfill a need for wholeness is an endless cry for him to help you remember this. 3D reality will reflect this back to you every time with disappointment and disillusionment. You are already whole and holy love. God remembers you. Be willing to love all equally and not raise some people above the rest in special relationships as this is choosing to remember his love and your own wholeness. To your thought about prayer, prayer is communion. Just show up. That's, this is just your spending time with God. You could show up and say, I'm upset. I'm depressed. I feel sad. I feel lost. Without those feelings, surely you can show up and say, you know what? I'm, I don't have any of that, so all I feel now is gratefulness and gratitude and, and joy. Thank you. You know what I mean? And But just show up and... and have those conversations with them, no matter that you 
come to the table with tears in your eyes. It's okay. But just pray, you know? But that's what I get out of paragraph 11. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I think um, I think that's pretty thorough. Kind of to the point. Shall we move on? Yes, okay. So paragraph 12, here we go. Your father can no more forget the truth in you than you can fail to remember it. The Holy Spirit is the bridge to him, made from your willingness to unite with him and created by his joy in union with you. The journey that seemed endless is almost complete, for what is endless is very near. You have almost recognized it. Turn with me firmly away from all illusions now and let nothing stand in the way of truth. We will take the last useless journey away from truth together, and then together we go straight to God, enjoy his answer to his call for his completion. Okay? Mm. I think that's pretty to the point, not as abstract as the other two paragraphs. So what I have to say about this is that it may seem difficult to remember who you are at soul level. Many on the spiritual path may also find it elusive, something that has you forever searching for what's actually inside of you. But the Holy Spirit is the bridge. Ask him in. Ask him for his assistance. And be glad to take the hand of Jesus and turn away from all illusion. You are so close. Don't let worthless fears stop you now. So if we really take him by the hand, and as he said to me way back in the beginning when the channeling first started, he said, take me by the hand and follow me as though your eyes are closed. I will lead you through peaceful days. And it's true. I personally and many of us have this idea that it's all up to us. Some of us have had difficult childhoods where we had to be very self-reliant. And this builds a wall between you and others. But to let all that go and to let, let go of all those defenses and to take his hand and just say, you know what, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to fix myself. I will follow you. And then miracles happen. It just falls into place. And it's true. They are there. They are. They do want to guide us. If you if you listen to this segment, chances are you listen to the other segment. So you know we have people on our show who are not incarnate, but who are doing their best to guide us and give us information to help us on our journey. So I, for one, wholeheartedly believe that letting go and, and admitting I, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know what really would make me happy. Show me the way. And they'll do it. They will, they're just waiting for you to say this. So that's what I get yeah. out of that. Yeah, just following on what you're saying, when the right path shows up, you'll know it because the consequence, the result will be peace. Um, you know, if someone is causing endless drama in your life, no matter how intriguing that might feel, um, guaranteed that is not the path towards truth or love or inner peace. But, you know, when you sort of turn it over, recognizing that you don't know how to do this, 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 this um, forgiveness work, uh, then, yeah, you know, people show up in your lives. Uh, and, and people transform. I mean, let me, let me say this. As a psychotherapist, you know, I was trained in a lot of different systems. I know a lot of approaches for how to help people shift their minds and, and, and work with things. But in my later years where, you know, before every session I would just 
turn it over to Holy Spirit and say, okay, use me, you know, speak through me. Um, we'd still have really good sessions, and I'd do all the things that I did, but the most profound changes would happen because someone would come in and go, you know, you know that, uh, that uncle who, you know, was so nasty to me and who I couldn't stand? We just had this lovely afternoon together. Or, you know, I remember one session working with um, a young woman um, who had a horrible relationship with her father. And, you know, we, we went through all the psychological dynamics and, 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 you know, got to some really good places. I think it helped her get to, you know, a certain kind of tough love forgiveness. The next time I talked to her, she said, well, it was really weird. You know, I got in the car and he started crying and apologizing for being such a distant, terrible father. <laughs> That's not coming from psychotherapy. That's what happens because, remember, in the biggest picture, all minds are joined. We are all one. You can't make a change in one place without it showing up in, in, in another and when we turn it over to Holy Spirit, it's not some random change. It's not like that butterfly effect that used to get talked about a lot, where the, a butterfly flapping its wings in China causes a hurricane, you know, in the Caribbean. Not at all. It, it, it's, it, it's much more that your inner mind change, your shift in perception, necessarily changes the world. This is where, um, in some of the course text and lessons it says you know um you know you're the light of the world um you know you came for the salvation of the world and most of us the first time we encounter that go who us now nah, what are they talking about you know this is grandiose and the course makes the case fulfilling your function as god gave it to you is not grandiose denying it and claiming that you are something else and can do something else now that's grandiose you know someone who says oh i can defy the will of god um, that's arrogant. That's arrogant. Thank you. Yeah, that's the word uh, I was fishing uh-huh. for there. You know, mm-hmm. that that that's arrogance. So, um, yeah, you know, when we turn it over, we we get the miracles. Uh, we get the guidance. Um, we're not doing it ourselves. Um, and I think, that, well, for those course students out there. I just want to point out in um, line two where it says the Holy Spirit is the bridge to him made from your willingness to unite with him and created by his joy and union with you. So if you're a course student, you know that the course uses those two verbs, made and created, in very particular ways. God is the only one that creates. And when we are in our fullness, wholeness as son of God, we also create as our father created us. And, and there's this ongoing chain of creation through which love extends. But here in this world, we don't create, we make. Uh, and the Course uses those two verbs in very different ways to make that distinction. So what it's saying here is that from our end of the bridge, it's our willingness to unite with him that builds it. From God's end of the bridge, it's his joy and union with us that created, um, you know, well, they're talking about the Holy Spirit, that his joy to be one with us created the Holy Spirit to bring us home. Our willingness and our desire to unite back with, um, you know, with with God and Holy Spirit brings that bridge to us. So just um, a little point for course students. Um, The journey that seemed endless is almost complete for what is endless is very near. Love that line. Um, Typical course 
turning words. And then finally, um, you know, turn with me away from illusion, and we will take the last useless journey away from truth together. Earlier in the text, um, the author, Jesus, talks about the crucifixion as the last useless journey the Son of God has to make. Now, that's using the idea of crucifixion as a metaphor, because obviously we don't all need to be crucified. The point being, we crucify ourselves when we turn to illusion, when we turn to fantasy, when we turn to anything except God to gratify ourselves, because we're guaranteeing ourselves pain and suffering. You know, the deprivation from God, separation, is a state of pain and suffering. So when he talks about, you know, we'll take the last useless journey together, what it's saying is, okay, wherever you are right now, turn around, look around, look at your relationships. To the extent that you value them from a place of fantasy and specialness, that's your last useless journey. And we can do, you know, he will take your hand and walk you through that to, you know, the truth which you almost grasp. Um, okay. Uh, anything else? Otherwise, yeah. Just one, just one thought, because I love the way you just said that. Anyone listening who suffers from depression, and I know clinical depression is extremely difficult. I've been there. But I like what Dr. Bob just said, and I would recommend that you listen to that over again and maybe write it down. Because if, if depression is the darkness, then God is the light that you're seeking. Sometimes we have to go in deeper to dig in and the, and the deeper we go the higher we go sometimes we have to go through this process because there are opposites but anybody suffering from depression and are looking for that way out God is the way out that's what you're looking for that's all I wanted to add works for me yeah yeah and again ask you know when when we feel like life circumstances are are taking us in a path of, of suffering let go of your plan, recognize that you're suffering, and ask for help. And then don't try to figure out what the form of that help is. I mean, that's not to say that you shouldn't, you know, do some, uh, you know, I mean, if, 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 if you're spitting up blood, yeah, please go to a doctor. That might be the help, exactly the help you need. But maybe ask, which doctor should I see? And notice what comes to you. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to read the last paragraph, paragraph 13, and we'll talk about that. Um, If special relationships of any kind would hinder God's completion, can they have any value to you? What would interfere with God must interfere with you. Only in time does interference in God's completion seem to be possible. The bridge that he would carry you across lifts you from time into eternity. Waken from time and answer fearlessly the call of him who gave eternity to you in your creation. On this side of the bridge to timelessness, you understand nothing. But as you step lightly across it, upheld by timelessness, you are directed straight to the heart of God. At its center, and only there, you are safe forever because you are complete forever. There is no veil the love of God in us together cannot lift. The way to truth is open. Follow it with me. That is just so beautiful. (laughs) So I'm going to just kind of, um, you know, sort of go over it uh, 
line by line and see what strikes me here. If special relationships of any kind would hinder God's completion, can they have any value to you? Obviously not. Anything that stands in the way, any fantasy, any illusion, um, is, is going to hurt us. Um, one of my favorite lines in the course from a chapter earlier than this is, you know, everything the ego tells you you need will hurt you. And that is absolutely the case. What would interfere with God must interfere with you because you are the stuff of God. God extended God's love to create you. Only in time does interference in God's completion seem possible. Okay, so here's what we were talking about earlier. God isn't really incomplete, but from our side of the bridge it seems that way. Only in the world of time does it even seem like we can interfere in God's completion because we've created this bubble universe of fear and suffering and temporary pleasures um, to keep God out. So within this bubble of time, yeah, it looks like we can interfere with God's completion. In reality, no way. You can't change what you are. That's not given you to do. That's why the Course uh, in its introduction says free will does not mean you get to choose the curriculum. It means only that you can elect what you want to take at a given time. You know, it's like college. You know, if you're going to graduate, there are certain courses you have to take, but you don't have to, you know, take them all first semester. You can figure it out. You can learn. You can grow. Um, The bridge that he would carry you across lifts you from time into eternity. Yep, that's the whole point. Waken from time. Answer fearlessly the call of him who gave eternity to you. Well, you know, you can't answer it if you're in fear. You can only answer it fearlessly. Um, And it's funny, as I was reading it, I was realizing that here in this world, we picture fearlessness as sort of charging down that hill. But really, the ego's portrait of fearlessness is a very fearful portrait. True fearlessness means you're in peace and you're not worried about any outcome because you know the outcome is guaranteed by God. Um, On this side of the bridge to timelessness, you understand nothing. Well, that's what Shar and I have been, you know, hammering home this entire segment. Um, We don't know anything. We can't judge anything. We have to turn it over and accept the interpretation of Holy Spirit, higher power, that which really does know. Um, And then, of course, as we move across that bridge, straight to the heart of God, safe forever because complete forever. And finally, you know, there's no veil. The love of God in us cannot lift together. Veil meaning, you know, that which clouds, hides the light from us, that which keeps us in illusion. Of course, talks about, you know, lifting the veil in a number of different places. Um, The way to truth is open. It's just a beautiful, beautiful paragraph and uh, a beautiful wrap-up and sort of coda for um, for this very, very important section uh, of the course of, of Chapter 16. Okay, um, your thoughts. Well, I love the way the word us is used in that second or third to the last sentence. There is no veil. The love of God in us together cannot lift. Mm. Now, take your mind back to the idea of separation. What makes it tricky for all of us is because we're all individuals. We all look different. We sound different. We have different fingerprints and signatures. That gives us our individuality. The truth is, as Bob says earlier, Dr. Bob, excuse me, is that (laughs) we're all connected. We're all connected. We're all in one mind, one heart. We just individuated into different vehicles to go through this experience. But when you look at it in terms of relationships, there's no veil. 
there's no block to love's presence that is so heavy that together we can't lift it in, in any combination. And I think that's very profound. Here are the thoughts that I put together, which, yeah, which are, why would you value anything that leads to sadness when all you desire is peace? That's from that first line. Like the things that we value, we, we value oftentimes the things that hurt us most. Like that job that offers stability and benefits, and we and we comply with that over our inner peace. It's it's just insane, you know. As it says in the course in so many places, the insanity of it all is staggering. Anything that has you chasing it in desperation can't have much true value, because that which only satisfies the ego yet obstructs a clear vision of who you are as a child of God or as God created you cannot be for your highest good. The illusion of time makes separation from God seem possible, but the Holy Spirit can elevate your remembrance of eternity and God's grace. Heaven, changeless and timeless, was given to you when you were created. The grand illusion of this world would have you believe that you are here and God is somewhere else, distant and inaccessible. But he is accessible through the heart center's invitation to the Holy Spirit to correct your misperceptions. But as you take one step after another in faith and trust, when you choose to remember, the Holy Spirit will lead you straight to the heart of God where there is no fear, struggle, or pain, only peace. So, like we've been saying, you have to be willing and you have to make that choice. You do have free will, and this is where it comes into play. You can choose to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and correct those perceptions that keep leading you into that brick wall. No matter what area of your life that takes place in, we all have patterns of self-undoing or self-sabotage or um, self-punishment. But if you really want to understand that, ask someone who knows your history. We can't figure it out with these flesh brains, you know, just, just with gray matter in our heads. Invite in the Holy Spirit. Talk to Jesus. Talk to whoever. As long as the answer that you get brings you peace, go with it. I don't care if, I don't care if the answer comes from a turnip. When you ask for assistance, no matter what form it takes, whether it's a dream or a vision or an idea or just a knowing, a knowing that comes over you, go with that because that's real. Don't look for external solutions to an internal problem, as you were saying earlier. And that's all I have for that. I love this paragraph. I love this whole thing. Yeah, me too. I mean, I don't think there's anything that that we could say that could say it better than this paragraph does. So. You know, I would just, the final two sentences, the way to truth is open, follow it with me. And, um, yeah, so we're all walking that path together. And uh, what a joy that is. <laughs> yes, and, and that's Jesus talking. He's the author of the yes. course. Follow it with me. He's reaching out his hand. Take it. Trust me. You'll, you'll be a lot happier for doing so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. Well. All right. Well, so we got through this section, and it looks like, Hello? Hello? Hmm. 